The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to share with you a story. It's a story about my grandmother. My grandmother, Mrs. Alyssa Spiro, Alea Shalom. She came over from Hungary in 1936, and she married an American boy, Herbert I. Spiro, Chaim Isaac Spiro. I'm not sure how they communicated on the first few dates. She didn't speak English, and he didn't speak Hungarian. But they were only married for about 25 years, perhaps a little more. And during that period of time, they developed such admiration and love for one another. My grandfather died. He was a young man. He was 54 years old. And my grandmother, when he died, was in Boston together with him. And then they came back to Cleveland, Ohio for the Levaya. When she arrived at her house, a short while later, there was a knock on the door. It was from the Chavra Kedisha. Two of my grandfather's good friends, Mr. Alex Estreicher and Mr. Max Strauss, were there to ask for his talus and his kittel. And my grandmother said, please wait a moment. She was a young Almon. I believe she was 46 years old at the time. And my grandmother went downstairs to retrieve his kittel. And when she came up, she came up with a freshly ironed kittel. And she told them, my herb will not be buried in a wrinkled kittel. When you talk about respect and admiration and love, this story encapsulates all of that and so much more. If we can think during our lifetime. What can I do for my spouse every day? We all have things that need to be ironed out. We have to do everything we can for each other in order to make that special relationship continue. Ruchatzko Levenstein was once approached by somebody who asked him, Rebbe, what can I do to make my marriage better? And Ruchatzko said, do just that. He didn't understand what he meant. He said, ask yourself every day, what can I do to make my marriage better? And this is true in each of our marriages. When we wake up in the morning, we should be thinking to ourselves, what can I do for my spouse to make her or his life better? And I want to share with you a personal story, something that I witnessed many times. My father should be gesund, Dr. Abi Spiro has a challenging issue with his hands. He's not secretive about it. Anybody who watches him sees that his hands shake. For years, he hasn't held the kais all the way up when he makes Kiddush. But every morning, for many, many decades, my father, when he came home from shul, would bring my mother a cup of coffee. Now understand that the cup of coffee, when he made it, was not half full. It went almost always to the top. But as he walked up the stairs with his unsteady hands, he would lose a good chalik of the coffee on the carpet of the steps. And then he would bring my mother the coffee. When you looked at the carpet of our steps going upstairs, they bear witness to the dedication, commitment, and yes, Ava, that one spouse showed for another. It wasn't easy, it was a challenge, 
but it meant the world to my mother, knowing how challenging it must have been for my father to bring that coffee. And this is something we can all gain from. Rav Shloyma Hyman, the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva's Torah Vedas, was never zoichet to have children with his wife. They were married for only 24 years, but 24 painful years. And it was well known that Rav Shloyma had an incredible relationship with his wife. When he was nifter, at a tragically young age, the Talmidim came to daven the tefillahs in his home, in his apartment. And after the last tefillah, and the last Kaddish, and the last Amen, the Rebetzin came in and she said, I'd like to share with you one thing about my husband. I want to tell you about the most amazing shear he ever gave. And they sat and they listened, and the Rebetzin described, and she said, you know, I didn't have much to do. I didn't have a lot of laundry. I didn't have to cook these big, large meals. But there were times that I was so broken and so sapped of energy that I could not, I couldn't do it. Now, when he walked through the door, there were days when there was no lunch prepared and there was no supper prepared. And maybe the house wasn't spick and span. But I can recall that when I did so, my husband did not ever, ever express disappointment. Instead, he would go to the kitchen and he would slice two pieces of cake and he would make two teas and we would sit down and we would talk to each other about our days. And Bachram, I want you to remember that is the greatest year that my husband ever gave because it was such an Isayan and I had no excuse. But he saw the bigger picture. He saw that I was hurting. He saw that it wasn't easy. And because of that, he was exceptional in his shalom bias. Hopefully, Mitzvah we're zoicha to have families. And if you are, understand that it's not easy. It's difficult to be able to juggle everything. One time, Rav Meir Chadosh was walking in the street. And as he's walking in the street on an Erev Shabbos, he sees a Talmud of his. And he says to his Talmud, so are you ready for Shabbos? And the Talmud responds, well, I have a few more things to take care of, but pretty much ready, yes. And Rav Meir then asks him, did you buy flowers for your wife? And the Talmud looked at Rav Meir and he says, no, 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 Rebbe, you don't understand. We're good. There was no machlaikis this week. There was no disagreements. There was no tension. No need for flowers. And Rav Meir looked at him and he said, you don't understand. The person does not buy flowers just to appease his wife, just to be mefayasur. He does so to be marich his wife, to be machshiv her, to show her how much you value her. It is well known that Rav Gifter, on Erev Yom Kippur, Erev the holiest day of the year, after Mincha, when the rest of the world was dealing with Dvarim Sha'imdim Berumay Shalaylam, dealing with our last minute things, the most exalted things of the year, Rav Gifter went to a flower shop to buy flowers for his wife for her birthday. Because he understood that too is Dvarim Sha'imdim Berumay Shalaylam. That too is so very special, is so exalted, and is so holy. Rav Shloyman Zalman Arbach was the Paisek Hadar. He was somebody who people came to with the most intricate and difficult and complex questions regarding our lives, our halachic lives. And one Talmud recounted an amazing 
interaction he had together with Rishleim Zalman. It was not a halachic interaction, but he was escorting the Rosh Hashiva home from Yeshivas called Torah, where Rishleim Zalman was the Rosh Hashiva. And as he's walking home, Rishleim Zalman approached his house. And when he did, he stopped about 10 feet before he walked to the door of his home. And then he began to fix himself up. He stroked his beard and he straightened his jacket to make sure that all the dust was removed. And he fixed his tie. And then Reb Shleim Zalman looked at the Talmud and he said, How do I look? Talmud didn't understand. He says, I'm about to see my wife. And I want to make sure that I make a good impression. You know, when we enter our homes, how do we act? What do we do? How do we prepare to make sure that when we enter our homes, we can make a good impression? It's easy for us to say, listen, I've had a hard day at work. I don't need to be busy with making a nice impression. Well, think about how much you appreciate when your spouse goes the extra effort to make sure that she makes a nice impression. Do the same for her. You know, sometimes you come home and your spouse, your wife may ask you, so what happened today? And maybe you had a very difficult day. It was a difficult day at work. Your boss was down your throat. You don't want to talk about it. And so you might grunt and say, nothing happened. Well, let me tell you what Rebchatzko Labramski did. Rebchatzko who had exceptional shalom bias. When he went out, believe me, he had a very, very busy day. Rav had so much on his shoulders. Rav had people asking him shilas from around the world, people discussing their own personal problems with him. But his wife told over that one time, he came back at the end of the day, and he was sitting down with her, and she said, so how was your day? What did you do today? Oh, what do you mean, what did I do? But that's not what he said. He said, well, first I went to go visit Reb Chatzkel Sar, and I had to discuss an important question with him. And then Reb Chatzkel walked me out a few steps, and he walked me towards the bus. And as I came towards the bus, I wasn't sure if the first bus was going to go my way or the second bus. And every little detail that happened in his day, the most insignificant details, the things that you and I would never think about repeating, Reb Chatzkel told to his wife, in such expression and in such animation so that she would feel very much a part of his day. He's the Godel Hadar, she's not. There are things probably that he wasn't able to share with her, personal things, shyless that came his way. But anything that he could share with her, he wanted to do so. And he knew that it would mean a lot to her. Rav Yaakov Valensky was dying. He was a big tzaddik. And Nebuch, he was sick, and he was on his last few days. And his wife doted upon him. She did everything within her power to take care of him. And one day, even though he cannot ate nothing, he turned to her and he said, could I have some milk and some rice? It seemed like a small request, but she was so excited because he never asked for anything. And she told him that she'll quickly be back she ran out of the home, and she ran across town in Yerushalayim, and she retrieved some milk and some rice. She cooked it up for him, and she brought it to him. And when she did, he looked at her, and he said, Okay, now can you please eat it? 
I know that when you've been taking care of me, you haven't been taking care of yourself. And I need you to promise me that you're going to take good care of yourself. I'm not going to be here forever. And I want to know that even after I'm gone, you make sure to take care of yourself first. To take care of yourself in the same manner that you've been taking care of me. What an amazing story of Shalom Bayis this is. The world of Kelm is a very serious world. The world of Musr is a pretty serious-minded world. I remember hearing that Rebellion Lepian one time came to tell Yeshiva, and he gave a shmooze during a shalashudis where it was dark, and he described Gehenim, and those that were present at that shmooze never, ever forgot that description. It was so terrifying. And yet, these same individuals, when it came time to interacting with their spouses, there was a totally different Hanhaga. Of course, they were still big Bali Musr, but all of a sudden, there was a lot of smiling and a lot of warmth and a lot of compassion. And Rebellia Lapian says that when he was a youngster, he once had the privilege of eating by Reb Simchazisel's home. Simchazisel of Kelm was one of the great Bali Musr. And he was sitting by his Friday night suda. And as Reb Simchazisel was cutting the challah, he was humming a little tune. And that in itself to Rebellia initially was surprising. I mean, hefsik between the bracha. But what he said next completely changed the way Rebellia viewed marriage. Because he ate his piece of challah. He was very expressive with how delicious it was. And then he said to his wife, you know, I have a shayla. I made hamaitzi on the challah. This challah tastes like mezaynis. It tastes like a piece of cake. Rebellia was astounded. But that's the way we need to be. Does it hurt to give a compliment? It costs nothing. And when you compliment your spouse on the food they make, on the way they look, on the accomplishments they have, on their day-to-day taking care of the home and their children, it makes a world of difference to them, and it lifts them, and it makes them feel so much more chashuv, so much more special. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to Inspire.org.